Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. I'm Angela Yeager, Communications Officer with Employment First. This episode, we are discussing new training, tools, and resources available for the service called Discovery. Discovery is an employment service funded by the Office of Developmental Disability Services. Joining me on the show today is Julie Huber, Policy Analyst with the Office of Developmental Disability Services. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thanks, Angela. Glad to be here. So, Julie, can, first of all, can you start off by maybe just tell, giving a brief description of what Discovery is and what its purpose is? Sure. So Discovery is a time-limited service, usually uh, three months. And what its purpose is, is to help someone who knows they want to work, but is is unsure of what they want to do or how their talents and skills would fit into a workplace. It's really to help them identify that. And, and often, many times, it's used to help people who would find a traditional job frustrating. But I also want to stress that discovery can be used by somebody who's already working it and wants to change, or if someone needs to go to work now but may want discovery in the future, that is fine too. Discovery should never be a barrier to someone going to work. In fact, it must never be a barrier going to work. And I also, Angela, want to touch upon just a bit what discovery isn't. And again, well, I should have said this before, but this this movement to change discovery really came from our stakeholders. So what I'm going to discuss all this podcast really came from the community and, and Oregon stakeholders who have a history of being very strong and very progressive and very thoughtful. So discovery isn't a test. It certainly isn't a tool to determine if someone wants to work. I mean, that flies completely in the face of employment first. In Oregon, we believe that everyone can work with the right support, so it certainly isn't that. And we also want to be clear that no one can ever require discovery. ODDS can't require it. VR can't require it. A provider can't require it. No one can. And I just want to go back and say... You know, in our history of helping people find jobs, most people have found jobs without discovery. So discovery is a tool. It is a resource. But I think in the past seven years, we've learned a lot as a community. Certainly, I've learned a lot from the people we support and our stakeholders. Sometimes discovery was seen as something that must happen. And of course, the opposite is true. It's a tool. It's a resource, and we need to view it as such. That's a really good point, Julie, because it should never be a barrier to employment, as you say, and there should no be, be reason. If someone knows what they want to do, they they know that they're, they're passionate about a certain type of um, field or they're really excited to get into a certain type of job or career path, um, discovery may not be needed for that person. And so it was really designed... Um, to help people that know they want to work, but they aren't sure what they want to do. Um, uh, they they need to explore their passions, interests, and abilities. Is that is that correct, Julie? Yeah, that's spot on, Angela. 
So you mentioned that, you know, we've dis uh, Discovery was first launched as an employment service in Oregon in 2014. And you've mentioned that we've learned a lot uh, about Discovery in that time, what works, what does, doesn't work. So maybe you could discuss, you know, a little bit about the history there and then um, about the new tools that are available. Sure. Thanks. So, yeah, I can't believe it's been seven years since we launched Discovery. And we've learned a lot. Uh, the people we support, service coordinators, personal agents, providers, VR, certainly uh, ODS and the Employment First Unit. It, to really launch something like this and learn from it, you have to be a student. And we have really tried to be a student of all of our stakeholder groups, especially the people we serve when we looked at redesigning this service. So when we looked at this, we said, well, what's working and what's not working? And one of the things that we started with was there were instances where people were saying, hey, I've already done X, Y, and Z. I don't need to do this again. And so right from the start, discovery is different because there is a pre-referral process. We've already talked about to have discovery now, you've got to know that you want to work. It's not, do I want to work or I'm considering work, but you know that you want to work. So then the pre-discovery referral process takes you and the team through, what have I done before? What services have I had before? Have I been in an employment path for 15 years? What were my goals? What did I learn? What did I like? What didn't I like? And so that first step is really going through a, with the person and the team and examining what we already know, what the person knows. Maybe there's enough there. And, and the person goes, hey, I really don't need discovery because we had this discussion. And here are all these things that I'm interested in. So I really don't need to go there. Or, yeah, we had this process and it was very valuable. We we discussed a lot of what I've done in the past. And from that, determined that I determined I'd like discovery, but a pre-referral process also naturally leads into discovery. So what you use, what you find out in that pre-discovery referral process is a springboard for discovery. One of the things we're doing in this also, and it's with the theme of discovery having more structure, is we realize that a provider really won't be able to have a game plan until they meet with a person and their team some more. So the first part of discovery is getting to know the person, going to their home, going to their neighborhood, talking to people they choose, uh, seeing their transportation, all of that. And once you've done that, you're going to complete what's called the discovery plan. Some people refer to it as a discovery agenda. And it really goes through how we're going to spend the next 90 days, the next three months uh, helping this person really discover and explore their interests. It gives the service a lot of structure. And typically, this is turned in 30 days after the service begins. 
The provider submits a plan based on what they've learned. They say, here are the experiences we think Joe will participate in, and it's structured. And the team has 30 days to review that, to sign off or to ask questions. And the person also, most importantly, signs off on that document. So it's a plan. It's what everyone can expect. And we think that's great because there won't be surprises and there will be chances for, for input. So that's a big change. Great. We're going to take a, a short break and we'll be right back. Do you want a career that makes a difference? Consider a job where you get to work with people with developmental disabilities. ImpactOregon.careers is a new website. It's where you'll find hundreds of careers to choose from that make a real difference. Jobs range from direct care to administrative and technical fields, from entry level to advanced. Find a career where you can help change someone's life. Go to ImpactOregon.careers. This message is from the Office of Developmental Disability Services and the Oregon Association of Broadcasters. Okay, and we are back with the Oregon Employment First podcast. I'm here with Julie Huber with the Office of Developmental Disability Services talking about the new discovery profile and tools. So, Julie, you mentioned earlier that the new discovery profile and all the resources came after a lot of stakeholder feedback. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that as well as some of the bigger changes that people can expect with the new tools. Sure. So, as I said when, when we started, I think anytime you come to this, a major policy change like this, um, you need to be a good student. Certainly, I remember being a provider and working with my partners in government and really valuing that partnership. And so now being on the other side of that, I really want to be a student and I hope I've been a good one of what providers have learned, what service coordinators and personal agents have learned, and what the people we support and who have gone through discovery have learned over the past seven years. There's a treasure trove of information. And so our first duty um, at the division was to be a good student and a good listener. And we certainly have a community that's embedded in values, that's embedded in really striving to do good work. And I will say, um, as a former job developer myself, I think discovery is one of the hardest services people will ever deliver because you're asking people for an experience. You're asking a provide, uh, employer pardon me, for an experience. Not a job, everybody knows what a job is, but for an experience, and an experience that oftentimes has to be very tailored to that person. So with that in mind and talking to our, our stakeholders, we really came to the conclusion that the service needed more structure and people really brought a lot of tools to the table. So, one of the things we did, and again, providers brought this as other stakeholders to our attention, was the discovery fidelity tool that the uh, Florida Developmental Disabilities Council developed. And out of that, and out of a study of a number of tools that Oregon providers use, we came up with a pretty unique structure. It starts with that 
the pre-referral discovery process. Then you go to the home visit, getting to know the person, getting to know the neighborhood, the people who support them, the people who are important to them and know them best. One of the things we have to remember, and I say this as a former provider, we are only temporary visitors in that person's world. We are not the experts on that person. We have been, if you will, hired to provide a certain service. And to do that and to do it extraordinarily well, you have to lead your judgment, you know, at the curbside. You can't judge a situation. You have to listen to the person, listen to their family, and respect what you're being told. And sometimes that is really hard to do um, because we all have a predisposition, I will say I do in this field, because you quote unquote want to make things better. But this is about listening and being a good observer and being a really good student of the person. And that means, number one, when you come into the home, when you talk to the people, you are really listening, you're observing, you're asking probing questions, but you're doing all that um, within the back of your mind, if this was me, how would I want this conducted? Because people are letting you into the most personal, intimate parts of their life. They are very vulnerable. So that structure is new and it flows pretty pretty naturally. So you do the pre-referral visit. You do the home visit. You During that home visit, like I said, you go to your neighborhood with them. You get to know the you know, other businesses around. You get the insight from the person, their family, and friends. And then you come back and you, with the person, you start developing this game plan of what the service is going to look like. And while you're waiting for the team to approve your plan, you're going to do the employment history of the person and learn some more. So the next step after that plan comes back and it's approved or you've made changes to it and then it's approved, I mean, it's the whole conversation. And that's how the profile and the services structure around facilitating that conversation, that good back and forth. So you're going to start off with a familiar experience, something that person is good at, something they want want to invite you to see them doing. Um, and you're going to see the person at their best. And from that, you're going to draw on that and everything you've learned to that point. And you're going to do an unfamiliar experience, which is just what it sounds like. And from those two things, you're going to go into the direct employment experiences. You're going to have three direct employment experiences, which is just what it sounds like. And it's the person trying out a job at an employer that they might be interested in. And that, of course, those experiences are built on everything we've learned so far. And they're highlighting the person's talents and skills and gifts. 
I'll digress for just a second and say that probably the most pivotal thing about discovery is this is a real opportunity for the person to find out what they shine at. People don't just knock on a door because they have all the knowledge right now about what they can do when what an employer will value. They knock on our door because they say, hey, I need some expertise with this. And so we really need to be careful and make sure we focus our time on things that the person is going to enjoy. And it all goes back to that listening. And I've been an old job developer and it's really hard to look at something and say, well, this experience presented itself, but you know what, Julie or Bob or Joe, what have you, has already told me that this type of work frustrates them. So one of the important things, I would say the most important thing, is making sure people are going to succeed at what we're going to have them try. It doesn't mean they have to do it 100% right, but what it does mean is that we're going to avoid situations that the person struggles with or work that would be hard. Right. So a good example that someone who maybe has said, you know, that they have a real fear of uh, dogs may not be, may not, may not be a good candidate to work in an animal shelter, for instance. Exactly, Angela. Right. Ex- exactly. Really um, listening again. And again, that's why the home visit, the employment history, the pre-referral process, that's why it's all key. So what do you ultimately hope, Julie, that the new discovery profile and the tools um, help our system achieve? You know, I Oregon has such a strong history of leading the way. And it's really due to Oregon stakeholders. They, they really created some very high standards. And what I hope this does is helps us all use our time and, more importantly, the people we support, use their time more wisely, making sure we understand what the person has experienced previously, what they've done what they've liked, what they haven't liked. So if they choose discovery, that it's time well spent. And if we learn in in the pre-referral process that, hey, this is not what the person needs right now, we can respect that, move on, and go to the next step. That's a really great um, perspective, Julie. And I want to mention that the new discovery profile and all the accompanying resources are available on the Employment First IDD policy page um, under the discovery topic, and we'll have that link um, in the podcast as well. So before we wrap up, Julie, is there anything else you would like to add? Yeah, I would. I would, And I hope it's been a reoccurring theme throughout this podcast, um, and that is our gratitude to all of our stakeholders for really carving out this process. The community came together and said, we need to redo this and rethink it and came up with standards and a structure that 
is really going to change the way we do discovery. So I'm really looking forward to the results. And again, I just want to leave it with a big thank you to the community and offering us all their time and their insight. I mean, we had we had large work groups. We had a pilot. We had two comments, I think. So the community invested a great deal of time in this. So thank you to everyone so much. Yes, a lot of work from a lot of people over the last few years has gone into this. So so we're, we're excited to have it out in the world now and available for people to use. Um, thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Julie. Really appreciate your time. Oh, Angela? Yes. One thing we should say that this, that the new, the profile on the policy is not effective until September 1st. 2021. I should have thrown that in there earlier, but I just wanted to get that in. Good point. Good point. It is. Yeah, it's not required. It's it's out now, but um, for people to start using, get familiar with it, take some trainings, um, but the um, it will not be required correct until September of 2021 to use the new profile and tools. Right. Okay. We'll make sure to note that. Um, so thank you again, Julie, for joining us. Uh, This has been the Employment First Podcast. Uh, We'll talk to you again next time.